So how much do you know about the individual retirement account, also known as an IRA? Today on Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe and Big Al are getting back to basics, contributing to an IRA, stepping simple IRAs for small business owners, self-directed IRAs, and IRA mistakes to avoid. Plus, the fellas answer your questions like, how much does an IRA make? And they'll explain why owning real estate in an IRA is a terrible idea. We've got a free white paper that explains each of the different types of IRAs, who can contribute, how deductible and non-deductible IRAs are different, and which type of IRA is right for you. Visit the show notes for this episode at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to download the eight types of IRAs white paper, your free gift from Your Money, Your Wealth. Now with everything you could possibly need to know about IRAs until they think of a bunch more stuff next week. Here are Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. Want to dive in, Alan, and, and kind of go back to some old school type education. Okay. And I want to get into a little bit to IRAs, Roth IRAs, 401ks, and let's kind of get in the basics and we can talk a little bit more about some examples of you know, the power of compounding? Yeah, I think that's a good idea because I think a lot of people, most people know about IRAs, individual retirement accounts or Roth IRAs or 401ks or 403bs. You save some of your earnings in them. and uh, But there's a lot of holes, I think, in people's knowledge. So I think you're right. Let's start with the basics. I mean, how much money do you need to retire comfortably? How much money have you saved? When is the last time you take a look at your IRA? Uh, probably not as much as you should. You know, this was a study done uh, by the uh, EBRI, Employee Benefit Research Institute. Right. And they were looking at amount American workers have saved for retirement. Right. And so this is more than just 401ks, IRAs. This is for all, all your retirement vehicles. And when they surveyed these individuals, 65% are confident that they will have enough money in retirement. Sure. 65% of people surveyed said they will have enough money in retirement. So then they said, all right, well, how much money you got? So what would you say would be a lot of money for retirement that you would feel confident? Let's say half a million. Half a million bucks. Okay. Well, 11% of people that were surveyed said $250,000 or more. 11%. 11%. So 89% of the people don't have 250. 11% that were surveyed mm-hmm. have more than $250,000. Correct. 12% have 100 to 250. Okay. 12% has 50 to 100. 13% has 25 to 50. And 52% has less than 25,000 saved. So half the folks uh, as part of this survey have less than $25,000 saved for retirement. Yet, 65% of them are very confident, are very confident that right. they're going to have a successful retirement. So is, would you call that wishful thinking? I would call that, um, yeah. Head, They're lying head, on a survey. Head in the sand? <laughs> of saying, hey, you know, do you feel confident? Of course I feel confident. Yeah. Well, how much money you got? I don't know, ten grand. Well, and and when, that doesn't mean I'm not going to get my five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I'll be, I'll get there. I'll get there. And and then the, of course this is for all ages. But then but then when you look at people that are over fifty or over fifty five, it's not a very difficult different, different number. Different number. It's a little less. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would I would guess maybe about forty five percent have less than twenty five thousand, something like that. Sure. So almost half. What, what and um, the median. That means half have more, half have less. What's that number? It's like fourteen thousand five hundred. 
Didn't we look at that last yes, year? Yes, exactly. That was by the, um, I forget the, 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 the Retirement Technical Institute. I totally made that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are right. We should explain average is, is taking all uh, retirement accounts and averaging it by the number of people. That's actually kind of a less meaningful number than the median. And the median is if you take all the people, half of them have a, an amount above that and half have below it. Right, so when you have the average, you got some guy like Mitt Romney that has hundred hundred million, million in his retirement, right. <laughs> and I got a dollar. Right, so we, we, the average is fifty million. Yeah, but I've got a dollar and he's got a hundred million. Exactly. So averages again are not that great of measure. Yeah, median is a much better uh, measure of, and so it's in other words, half people above, half the people below. So if you look at they they surveyed a thousand people, and then they look at the median. Right, and so 500 people have more than this number. 500 people have less, and that number for retirement savings from people like 55 or older was 14,500 bucks. Yeah, it's not very high. So, right. So, so, so 15 thousand dollars of retirement. Let, let's let's round it to 25 thousand. So, at a four percent distribution rate, that means you could pull out about a thousand dollars a year. A year annually. A year. A year. So that's less than $100 a month that you get from your portfolio. Um, let's talk about IRA contributions. Everything I need to know, Alan, in 5,000 words or more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess the first thing to know is how much can you contribute. It's $5,500 or $6,500 if you're 50 years and older. But you have to have earned income. In other words, you have to have salary, or you have to have a, a business, a sole proprietorship, where you're profitable and have you. So you have to have enough earned income to cover your contribution. So it's either your income or $5,500, whichever is less. Lower, correct. Whichever that, is less. That's exactly right. Now, if you don't have income, but your spouse does, that, that can count. So my spouse works, I don't work. As long as the spouse makes $11,000, we both can contribute 11000 bucks. If she makes ten, she could put in her $5,500, but I would then have to put in $4,500. That, that's exactly right. And there's, there's, there's no early age restriction. You could be one years old if you're a, a baby, a baby a model. model, right, and, and making 10000 bucks, Then you could set up. Your parents would probably do it for you. You may not know how to do it yourself, I'm guessing. But $5,500 going into a regular IRA or a Roth IRA. But there's an upper end limit, Joe, and that's 70 and a half. Uh, Age-wise, but not income-wise. Correct. Age-wise, it's 70 and a half to make a contribution to a retirement account. Um, but for, for an IRA. For an IRA. But not for a Roth IRA. And, and then deductibility limits, Alan. Yes. Um, so if covered, so this is where it gets a little bit convoluted. It does. So if you're covered by a plan, so that means you have a 401k plan or a like plan um, that you're contributing to, that you're an active participant in. Right. Um, it is 101,121. That's the AGI limitation. So if you make more than $101,000, you start phasing out if you are married. If you make over $121,000, uh, you will not be able to take the deduction so you, in an IRA if right. you choose to. You can still make an IRA deduction if you are under 70 and a half, but you just can't take the you deduction. You can't deduct. So, so in other words, I'm putting money in the 401k, so I'm a participant in a plan. And I, I think the rules with participation is that I'm employed with an employer that has a 401k plan, even though I might not be a 
putting a dollar into it. Well, actually, I do know that because I researched this. So, so as long as a dollar goes in for your benefit, whether it's you or your employer contributing a dollar, you're a participant in that plan. If I do not contribute, then I'm not? If I, if I don't contribute and the employer does not contribute, you're not a participant for that year. Even I have access to it. Interesting. Okay. You have access to it, right. But I don't know why you would rather go the $5,500 IRA route when you can just deposit it from your paycheck and go Usually in Usually you'd want to go 401k because more often than not, there's a match. match, right? And so you get extra money. But for those that are, are putting money into a 401k, you can also put money into an IRA, but you may or may not be able to deduct it based upon your income level. And then uh, for those of those of you keeping score, single... Uh, $63,000 is when you start phasing out $73,000. If you're um, over that, then you cannot deduct the IRA. But it's interesting. You can still make an IRA contribution at any income level as, as long as you have earned income and as long as you're under 70 and a half. And now if you're married and you do not have a retirement plan at your employer, uh, but your spouse does. Yeah. Then there's income limitations there. It's um, the same as the Roth IRA. It's one eighty nine to one ninety nine, hundred eighty nine thousand to one ninety nine. Um, if you are married, of course, you would have to be because the spouse is participant in the plan. <laughs> exactly. Um, Roth IRA contributions is fifty five hundred, but for you to qualify for that, um, for married, it's one eighty nine to one ninety nine. Single, it's what one twenty to one thirty five. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, one twenty, one thirty-five. So if you make more than one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars, if you're a single taxpayer, you can no longer uh, contribute to that plan. Now you can do a backdoor Roth IRA if your income is higher than those limits. If you don't already have an IRA, you can actually put fifty-five hundred dollars into an IRA. You don't get a tax deduction, and then you convert that to a Roth. And then there's no tax to pay because you got no tax deduction. That's a backdoor Roth, which has been around for quite a while. And it's always been, uh, there's always been at least a slight concern as to whether the IRS would allow those because of the of what's called the step transaction doctrine. But they came out a couple months ago and said, we accept the backdoor uh, Roth contribution. So you can do that. If you already have an IRA, it gets much more complicated. Learn why Kiplinger calls the Roth IRA one of the smartest money moves a young person can make. Find out what the Roth IRA is, how it's different than a traditional IRA, whether or not you're eligible to contribute, how much you can contribute, and learn how your money could be growing and compounding tax-free forever. Visit the show notes for this episode at yourmoneyyourwealth.com and download the Roth IRA Basics White Paper. Got questions? Shoot us an email at info at purefinancial.com. Uh, we're talking all about IRAs. Uh, we're getting your IRA uh, ducks in a row. That didn't sound good. <laughs> you worked on that all week. I, I did. I did. I wrote That's it down. I rehearsed it, and um, I still blew it up. <laughs> Let's talk about a simple IRA Okay. and a SEP IRA, all because right. those are still IRAs. That's true. So let's um, because we're just getting in the basics. Yes. Here. Okay. So, so individuals can contribute to IRAs, but how about if I have a small business? Yeah. If you have a small business and it's profitable, then uh, you can set up a, a simple IRA. Uh, you can set up a SEP IRA. I'll, I'll start with the SEP. That's usually where people start a simplified employer pension plan. So the way that that works is is you can take twenty percent of your bottom line profit from your sole proprietorship or from your LLC or from your partnership, 
and that's the amount that you can put into a, a, a SEP IRA. The limits, I think, Joe, is $54,000. you have got the sheet. I think it's 55000 fi- $55, this year is the limit. Uh, on as, as, But you'd have to have, uh, you'd divide that by 20%, you'd have to have over $200,000 of profit to be able to put that much in. So let's say it's $100,000 is your profit. You could put $20,000 into a SEP IRA. That's the calculation. And the, the reason why that's very popular is that's a plan that you can set up after, after the, the fact. fact. So in other words, you can still set up a SEP IRA for 2017 as long as you extended your tax return. So you could still set it up and fund it all the way till October 15th. 2018 for 2017 taxes. So that's usually the first plan that pe- that people select. The problem with the plan is that if you have employees and they've worked with you for parts of three years, they the only they only have to make about I don't know six hundred seven hundred dollars in a year to count as a as a participant. If they worked for three years, then you have to include them in, in the, the plan, plan. In and put twenty percent of their wages? of their salary too, and it's fully vested right at that point. So as a consequence, usually when folks have employees, then they might gravitate over to a simple IRA, and a simple IRA is kind of like a four hundred one k. So the employers decide how much to withhold from their own paychecks. And then you as the employer have a match. There's a 2% match and a 3% match, depending upon how you, you set up the plan. So 12500 is the maximum that you can put in as a simple IRA. As a, as a participant. As a participant. Right. And then you're, there's a catch-up if you're over 50 of uh, $3,000. Right. So it's fifteen five total for a simple IRA. Right. Um, yeah. And then you can elect to say a two percent match across the board, or dollar for dollar three percent, depending on. So if you have a lot of employees that no one's going to participate, yeah, then you're like, okay, well, I'll match you three percent on the participation. No one's going to participate. Yeah. Then I save that money. Or others, instead of saying if everyone's going to participate and I don't want to match three percent, then I can just do the two percent. Yeah, that's uh, a the good deferral. good point. Just to say it another way, so if you pick two percent, you have to match two percent of everybody's salary, regardless if they contribute or not. The three percent rule is three percent of only what they contribute. And there's something that's called a simple 401k, which has the same basic rules, but it's under Section 401k. Right. And I really wanted to set up a simple 401k. You did. I did. Um, because what, instead of a simple IRA, and why do you think I wanted to set up a simple 401k versus a simple IRA? Uh, the, the limits are higher. Nope. Same. Same limits. Same limits? Yep. So I don't know. Backdoor Roth. Back, oh, so there you go. Because of that. the aggregation and pro rata rules. Got it. So let's say I'm a small business owner. I have some employees. I know that they're probably not going to contribute to the plan. So I'm going to set up a simple 401k plan. And then I'm going to roll my IRA that I have. Let's say it's half a million bucks in my IRA. I'm going to roll that into the simple 401k. I'm going to contribute to the simple 401k plan. My employees have an option to contribute to it, but they're low w- wagers and they, d- they don't necessarily want to participate. So I save some money there. I can increase my contributions versus going to standard IRA. But that opened the door for me at that point to say, you know what? I don't have any IRAs. So now I'm going to contribute it to a non-deductible IRA and convert it, and 100% of that conversion is going to be tax-free. Yeah, that's and that's interesting because when when we're ta- we talked about backdoor Roth, and and so if you have IRAs, you got to take a look and see how much gain you have in IRAs to figure out how much 
uh, the conversion is tax free versus right. taxable. The pro rata rules but, and aggregation. But that yes, but that doesn't apply to four hundred one k's. Interestingly enough, right. so that is a good way to go. Now a lot of times, then folks will go to a a, a solo four hundred one k or a simple four hundred one k if they want to contribute more because that's eighteen thousand five hundred dollars per participant or twenty four thousand five hundred if you're fifty and older. Yeah, solo four hundred one k or a safe harbor four hundred one k. What I call it. You simple, simple, yeah. Safe harbor, thank you. Yep. Yeah. So the solo K is when it's just you, you and or your spouse. That's a single participant, and so very simple. When you get to a safe harbor four hundred one k, it's it's more complicated, uh, and you actually there's some setup charges, there's some annual charges, and that's because now that you're you, now you're to the point where there needs to be an, a, a third party administrator generally that's doing some work for you that you got to pay for, and you you cover your employees. A lot of folks that have small businesses that want a plan like that go simple IRA because then it's they, cheap. It's it doesn't cheap. cost them anything to to, to, to set, set up. up. You set up an account and you, and you show your employees. Here's what you can do. Where a, a safe harbor 401k, it's it's much more complicated, much more expensive. And this is the whole problem, I think, with the, the retirement planning landscape. Right. For lack of a better sentence, <laughs> <laughs> I, I sounded like a, a retirement landscape. Whatever. You know, because it's all bull BS. All right, I'm a small business owner. Right. I'm employing people. I'm helping people out, and I want to help them for their future. But the stupid rules is like, all right, well, here, I have to do a Safe Harbor 401k plan. Well, now I got to spend $3,000 to set up the plan. I'm fine matching, but then I got to file 5,500s and I got to do all this other stuff. Right. Right. Or, you know, if I'm a solo individual and say, you know what, I'm going to fire all my employees, make more profits, take more time off, then I can set up myself a solo 401k and spend like $8. Right. To do it, there's no annual fees. There's there. very. It's, it's just an account. It's just an account until you get to a certain dollar figure. Correct. Then you got to file fifty five hundred. But what does a fifty five hundred dollar, uh, you know, tax filing take if you're just a single four hundred one k? Yeah, a couple hundred dollars, three hundred dollars. I mean, you can do it yourself, and it'll right. take you seven minutes. I yeah. mean, it's pretty easy for a solo four hundred one k. They actually have that form that the fifty five hundred easy on a postcard. Exactly. Yeah. So you got that individual, then he could put or she could put twenty four five. Right. Yeah, plus employer match. Now, once you, once your once the balance of the plan gets over two hundred fifty thousand, that now you have to actually that's when you do file those fifty five hundreds. But they don't have to be very complicated. So, and then the major custodians, it's like, hey, I would like to set up a simple four hundred one k. Well, no, we don't do that. The only difference between that is that you can take loans, and no one does. And I was like, you know, no, you don't. <laughs> I want that because of the I backdoor. want that because of the backdoor so like, aggregation. Look rules. at you. Yeah, I, I actually learned something today. Yeah, I'm taking it to the hill. <laughs> yes, we got it. <laughs> it's going to be the Anderson bill. God, it's simple plans: four hundred one ks to four hundred three bs to four fifty sevens to seps to keo to you know profit sharing. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Right. And then it's unfair. One plan, the JoJo plan. Right. Twenty five thousand dollars pre tax. Call it good. Yeah, and if, if anyone can, anyone can contribute. If you're over fifty, it could be forty. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I would just say whatever. Twenty five grand. Period. Done. Right. Everyone. Right. You're good. Yeah. I wonder how many people under fifty actually would max it out to twenty four or twenty five. Uh, not too many, based upon the survey we just looked at. Um, we looked at the survey, Alan. How many people under fifty or fifty years of age or older have? Um, what do they have? Well, this is all ages. But, oh, all ages. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I mean, that's uh, 11% have 250000 and above. 
Just eleven percent. So eleven percent. So I don't know. I was I got I got all fired up listening to this one podcast and this guy. He's he's coming out with his him and this um, other economist. They were talking about um, their version of saving retirement, right? And he's like, well, the four hundred one ks they only um, you know only the rich take advantage of the 401ks and anyone that I've ever met, they were millionaires that had money in a 401k. And I was like, oh my God, this guy is in Mars. Right. We we need more, more, more 401ks, not yes, less, less, not less. less. We, and then we need a standardized plan. So that everyone can do that it. That everyone can because do it. Because that's where we, we get upset. Because so, so maybe you work at a company that has a 401k so you, and you're over 50, so you put 24500 and then you put $6,500 into your Roth IRA or regular IRA. Right, so that's pretty good. Your neighbor doesn't have a; they're working at a company next door. Right, no makes the same amount of money. No four hundred one k, so they're limited to the IRA only sixty five hundred. So, so I, so I put in over thirty thousand dollars. They put in about six grand. Yeah, but then that other person now needs to find a way to save that extra in a brokerage account. But the likelihood of them doing that is 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 pretty hard. Typically, Typically, when the money's in your hands, it's it's easy to spend. So you listen to Joe and Big Al on the podcast each week. Have you ever been curious what they look like? You can check out the Your Money, Your Wealth TV show and find out. Visit yourmoneyyourwealth.com to watch the latest episode, revive your IRA, and download the free IRA guide while you're there. It's wall-to-wall IRAs this week. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube. New episodes of the TV show post every Sunday. Now let's get to your IRA questions. If you've got IRA questions, or for that matter, any other money questions, comments, or suggestions, call 888-994-6257 or email info at purefinancial.com. Talking about IRAs, Roth IRAs, simple plans, 401k plans, simple 401ks, SEPs. Um, hey, Alan, what does your IRA make? Yeah, that is a question we get. And that's a question when, when people think an IRA, you can only get it at a bank, and so then you're looking at CD rates. And, and some banks are, have brokerage firms attached to them, and you can maybe get stocks and bonds. But you have to think of an IRA and I'd a say Roth most IRA banks nowadays have, have the brokerage. Yeah, yeah, you got some guy in there for sure. Yeah, generally, because they, they make good money on Hey, that. why don't you go sit over here and talk to Daniel? <laughs> right. Because Daniel's going to help you with your financial future. That's right. So here's what you need to think of. An IRA and a Roth IRA is a retirement account. It's not an investment. We like to call it a shell. It's, it's a shell. It's just like any kind of account, except it's a retirement account. So you can invest in all kinds of things, like stocks and bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. That's that's typically what you might you might want to invest in CDs at least for some of your portfolio. Mm-hmm. But that's that's generally what you do. And you can go to your bank to do this. You can go to a, a, a national custodian like TD Ameritrade or Fidelity or Schwab. That they would be other. Vanguard would be another one. Yeah, mutual fund company or big brokerage firm like Merrill sure, Lynch. Sure. Whatever. And so what you're going to make is completely dependent upon what you choose for the investments, which if you don't have a retirement account, it's the same thing. Whatever you invest, that's going to determine your rate of return, not the fact that it's an IRA, right? Right. Yeah. So that, I think that's the most important. Yeah. And don't be confused, too. It's like, well, here, I had this IRA at XYZ Custodian. And it was like, yeah, that that company it, it stunk. Didn't, it didn't, didn't do anything. It didn't make very much money. Right. So I don't like Roth IRAs. Um, 
No, Please. It was your investment. It was the what you picked, what you selected, or what if someone advised you to put into that particular shell. Right. Um, the Roth IRA is, 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 has nothing to do with um, your investment. Now, you, some people like to do, I, I would call it non-traditional investments, sure. uh, which you can do in an IRA. You, it's called a self-directed IRA. You're not going to be able to do this at Fidelity or Schwab or TD Ameritrade. You have to go to somebody else that will allow you to put real estate. Like a hard asset. Yeah, hard asset or, or maybe Gold cri- cryptocurrencies. Cryptocurrencies. Is, is a new one that people are going, you know what, I, I want to invest in Bit, Bitcoin. Yeah, what's, in what, my, was there, what was that little um, Morgan Stanley, you know, what the am I thinking? She was Amanda B. Johnson. Yeah, uh, yes, there, there it is. The B. Johnson, Amanda B. Johnson. Oh, okay. Um, and what was Dash? That I, was the name of yeah. the company yeah. that yeah. she I how Dash is doing right Actually, now. I, do, I do remember her. She does a whole bunch of videos. If you want to learn about cryptocurrency, check, yeah, and, check her out. Uh, we should look that up. I bet it's not. Um, no, it's out. it's one of the top. Guaranteed, 100. it's blown up. <laughs> it is blown up, just like Bitcoin. Anyway, so if you want to invest in a hard asset, you can. I, I, a common one, Joe, is, is real, real estate. estate. Yeah. And I'm going to discuss a few reasons why you might or might not want to invest in a, a real estate in an IRA. So, so here, here's the most important things to consider, I guess, is a real estate being a hard asset. It's... Uh, it's difficult to, to buy in an IRA. You can buy it in an IRA, but it's it's difficult to do. Now, the, the thing about real estate in an IRA is you can't really borrow because it's an IRA, can't really borrow. So so you have to have enough cash to, to pay cash for real estate. And typically, you earn your greatest return when you're borrowing against the bank, so you're using other people's money. So that's one problem. If for some reason you can get a loan in an IRA, uh, then what happens is you have uh, un unrelated business income tax that you have to pay inside of the IRA. Now, you, there's no depreciation deduction. How is that calculated, UBIT tax? Well, let's say you've got a, a loan that's $60,000 on your $100,000 property. So that's 60%. So 60% of your income is, is taxable, taxable in the IRA. And so you have to pay the tax inside the IRA. Or if you sell the property and made this big gain, 60% of that gain is taxable inside the IRA. So having leverage in a property doesn't... Well, I mean, it kind it's, of ruins the whole thing of having well, the tax deferment it, of it. it. It does. Then, then you get to the point where... The, the real estate investments are very tax-favored outside of a retirement plan, so you can take depreciation deductions against your income and make some of the income tax-free. You can do 1031 exchanges, right? And so when you sell a rental property, you can buy another one and not pay any current tax. And then a real important one is when you pass away, if you have real estate outside of a retirement plan, when you get a step-up in basis, your estate your kids get a step up in basis so they can sell the property at no tax. If it's inside the IRA, there's no step up in basis. And so the kids will pay all the tax on that that you would have paid. Then to make matters worse, at 70 and a half, you have to take a required minimum distribution. Sometimes your rental income is not enough to cover a required minimum distribution. So then how do you do that? Then you're kind of in trouble because you, if you don't do the required minimum distribution, it's a 50% penalty for your shortfall. Right. Or how about... Um if you need repairs. That's another thing. It's you like, can't add money to... The, it's like right. a contribution if you put yeah. money into it. Yeah, so the, the, the property's falling apart and you need to fix it up and there's no money in the IRA. There's no cash in there's the no IRA. There's no cash. It's like... Well, I'll just pay for the repair myself. No, that's a prohibited transaction. The IRA has to pay for the repair. Right. Or if you want, like if it's a vacation rental and you want to go spend a night there, 
blow it's a prohibited transaction blows up the whole IRA. Right. So for these reasons, Joe, I, I really I don't think I've ever recommended owning an IRA, owning real estate in an IRA. Yeah, the only way I think it makes sense for people if if you're in the business of real estate and you're in the business of up keeping or upgrading or flipping in a sense. You know what I mean? That you're, you're, you have accessibility to really cheap labor and to cheap materials and you can do the labor or you're, most of it yourself. And you're going in there and you're potentially going to flip. Yeah, but, but you can't even do the labor yourself because that's a prohibited transaction. So you got to have someone else do it. Yeah, it's, it's Okay, never it's mind. Tricky. I got nothing. <laughs> it's tricky. But people because if I mean the only way I mean you're avoiding taxes. So if I'm buying and selling and avoiding a short-term capital gain, right, right, um, because which is taxed at ordinary income rates, and I can defer that. That makes sense. Or if I'm looking to buy and sell every couple of years, then maybe it makes sense. But I don't. I think those are very small benefits compared to all the negatives. I think so too. So I would. But why the hell is it so popular? Because that's where all the money is, probably. Well, it's popular when the stock market crashes because now it's this is a hard asset. So 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 I can drive by and see it. You can drive by, yeah. Look at it. It's a real asset. It's not this fake paper asset. So that's that's when it becomes popular. But I I would I love real estate as an investment. But I would my recommendation is to invest in real estate outside of your retirement accounts. Yeah, without question. And you need time and you need cash flow. Yeah, and you need a reserve, right? <laughs> All these things. Oh, uh, So did we look up what, yeah, it looks like Dash is doing pretty good. 181. It was. It was at the end of the. 1700 to $181. No, 1200 Oh, yeah. 1200 Oh, so yeah. it's it went down uh, what yeah. about eighty percent? About eighty percent, ninety percent. Yeah, yeah. So, there you go. So yeah, be careful of cryptocurrencies in your IRA as well. <laughs> I guess <laughs> that goes without saying. Uh, yeah, there's some sad stories there. Um, it's the get rich quick kind of schemes. Is um, I'm not saying that cryptocurrencies is going away. No, 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 no. But I think when you see a big run up, um, people. Get that greed factor going in, and you know, I, w- I read an article. I forget where it was from, but it was like, you know, some sixty-five-year-old lady put her life savings, you know, in cryptocurrencies. Yeah, and it's eighty-five percent less. So I have a friend uh, that uh, has a business, and it's it's the kind of business that does well in poor economies. I'll just say that, and so, and as a as a result, uh, this owner. He's always believing the world's going to come to an end, so that's why he has a business that does well when there's crashes. And so he's one of these one of these guys that has a safe house in the Midwest and all that. Montana. And, and so he uh, he told one of his employees, he's a, f- a friend of Ann and I, that uh, Bitcoin Bitcoin is definitely the way to go. And she and he convinced her to put twenty five thousand dollars <laughs> into Bitcoin. And I remember talking to her, cautioning her. And you know what her response back to me was? Because she, she works with this guy and you know gets sort of sort of believes what he says. She, she said, "Oh, well, you're you're a stock market guy. You don't really understand this stuff." And I'm thinking, "Oh, well." I, I think did you say I'm not a stock market guy because I really don't know anything actually, about stocks? You I'm, actually, I'm a tax guy. I'm actually a tax guy that likes real estate, to be honest. But <laughs> and now that is pretty intelligent. More more recently, I've gotten into stocks and bonds. But and anyway, so I don't know exactly when she got got in, got out, but I do know that Bitcoin was was what seventeen thousand something per. Now it's 
eight thousand, something like that. It's um, seven thousand. It well, it's down significantly. It's down significantly. So I, anyway, just be careful with these kind of investments and and follow Warren Buffett that says, yeah, don't <laughs> don't be investing in this kind of stuff. So I'm listening to this podcast and this guy's talking about him leveraging up real estate, and we had a conversation with someone like that recently. Yeah. And then it's funny to me how everyone in whatever investment strategy that they do, they 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 quote Warren Buffett. Right. Like what they're doing is like, well, I well, I, I gotta follow the Warren Buffett rule. <laughs> no, is leverage no, the hell out no of matter, real estate, no matter what it is. <laughs> no, not, like, they can take whatever Warren Buffett says and it, it, it can apply to their specific investment strategy. Yeah. I invest in one individual stock. That's the Warren Buffett way because you just invest what you know. <laughs> That's true. I don't. So, and I just did that. Yeah. So I just I really know this one company, and I don't want to know anything else. So that's why I don't think Warren Buffett is a big believer in buying one individual company, and I don't think Warren Buffett is a big believer of leveraging the hell out of real estate. And I did hear him say to, to be very cautious investing in cryptocurrencies. I believe uh, that is true. If you're a complete crypto newbie and you're crypto curious, check the show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to listen to the episode where we learned all about blockchain and cryptocurrencies with Amanda B. Johnson. She did a great job of explaining it all in very plain English. Time now for Big Al's List. Every week, Big Al Clopine scours the media to find the best tips, do's and don'ts, mistakes, myths, and advice to improve your overall financial picture. This week, they plan to do five IRA mistakes, but they only had time to get to four, so here are four IRA mistakes. Okay, we have them listed right here. Mistake number one, not taking advantage of the spousal IRA for a non-working spouse. What 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 does that mean? I would say we see this mistake often, and what that means is that if you have a spouse that is working and you are not working, you can still contribute to a retirement account um, as long as there's enough earned income there. So it's like, well, I retired... But you still want to like load up on Roth IRA contributions. Sure, if you can, if you, you bet. Right? And so one spouse is still working, one spouse is retired, and you have excess cash flow, make sure that both spouses are still contributing to the retirement account. Right. Have you ever seen a case where uh, husband or wife, doesn't really matter which, is uh, 65 retired and the other spouse is 40? Still working. Yes. And uh, there may be many years of earned income, so you might as well keep contributing to a Roth IRA during that whole period of time. Yeah, without question, uh, because then that is going to compound uh, tax-free. So spousal IRA contributions, mistake number one. Number two is not taking a required minimum distribution at age 70 and a half or not taking enough. Yeah. Um, sometimes people get confused because there's um, all these all these dates and years, and how do you figure out how much to take out? And you know, if you have multiple IRAs or do you have multiple retirement accounts? Um, first of all, required minimum distribution starts at age seventy and a half, and that's a mandate by law that you have to start taking money out of your retirement account. Reason for that is that the IRS wants their tax, so it's a divisor based on life expectancy. And so if you look at that in percentages, what is it, 27.4? Right, is yeah, that? divide divide your IRA balance by, yeah, I think it's 27.4. It is, yeah, 27.4. It's, it's about 3.7%, give or take, of your portfolio. So at age 70, uh, the IRS is saying that you have 27.4 years left of life. Yeah, 
that's that's where that calculation comes from. And then the next year, you have 26.5 years of life. And they're actually not saying you're going to live to 97 or 98, but what they're basically saying is we don't want you to drain your IRA before age 97 because what if you live longer? So that, that's that's why they're doing that. You think that's why they're doing that? Yeah, I do. Because because life expectancy at 70 and a half is probably to a depending male or female is probably late 80s. So you think the re- this is interesting? I do. So you, you you never thought about it that way? No. That's definitely not life expectancy at age 70 and a half, 97. No, no, I understand that. If I, well, I don't know. If I make it to age 70, I think my life expectancy is probably higher than the normal life expectancy. It's probably okay. about 87, 88. Well, I agree with that, but this would be 97. So you think the IRS set up the required minimum distributions to protect people from running out of money? I do. Oh, my God. Wow. I think they're that smart. No <laughs> way. That's it. Well, see, you're such a good-hearted guy, Al. Yeah, that's the I difference think, between you I think, and I. I think people do good in this world <laughs> constantly. <laughs> it's like the IRS is really looking out for us. So only take the required. If you only take the required distribution out, then I think you'll never run out of money. And and so, what's the divisor when you're age ninety-seven? Uh, the divisor when you're age ninety-seven, it's uh, seven point six. Seven point six. So you're you're still going to live another seven years at ninety-seven. Of course, I am. Well, yeah. it, it, I mean, if Rick Edelman did this thing, <laughs> this would be all screwed up <laughs> yeah. because he says we're going to live to one hundred twenty. Yeah, I hope so. I really do. Anyway, if you don't take the enough required minimum distribution, there's a 50% penalty, 5-0, 50% if you're supposed to take a $20,000. Yeah, and the IRS is really looking out for us. We're not <laughs> running out of money. Well, they're, If they're, you don't take the thing out, I'm going to penalize you 50%. Yeah, they're not looking out for us at all in that <laughs> way. <laughs> they, they do have rules, after all. I suppose. <laughs> Number three, paying unnecessary penalties on early distributions. So if you're, if you're taking money out of your IRA, before age 59 and a half, you're going to get a 10% federal penalty. In California, it's another 2.5% state penalty. Yeah, there's ways around that. Um, you can do a 72T tax election um, or separate equal periodic payment, it's called. Um, so if you want to retire early and all your money's in a retirement account, you can take dollars out of your retirement account prior to 59 and a half if it's in an IRA. Uh, what a lot of people don't know, Al, is that there's a um, exception to the rule if you retire from your employer at age 55 or older. That's true. So you have to separate from service from your employer at age 55 to be able to take distributions from that retirement account without a 10% penalty. Yeah, and 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 no matter which what we're talking about, you still have to pay taxes on the money Correct. that you pull out. So you always pay income taxes. It's just that if you're taking out before 59 and a half on an IRA, generally it's a 10% penalty. And you're right, a 401k, you separate from service while you're age 55 or older. You can start taking money out of that 401k without paying penalty. You don't have to be 59 and a half. You still have to pay taxes, income taxes on what you pull out. And it has to be from that plan. If you have an old 401k plan from another employer and you separate from service from a different employer at age 55 and you dip into that other 401k plan, the rules do not apply. It's not all 401k plans. True. It is just the part, you have to be the active participant in that 401k plan at age 55. So how you do that, you just roll your old 401k plan into your new 401k plan. You separate from service at age 55, then you can take advantage of that rule. Number four is a mistake, is rolling a low-cost basis company stock from your 401k into an IRA. Yeah, that's called net unrealized appreciation. 
Uh, it's just taking low company basis stock outside of the retirement account and putting it into a brokerage account. You would pay ordinary income tax on the basis. So you bought the stock for a dollar share. It's worth $10 a share today. You move the full $10 a share out, but you pay tax on the buck at ordinary income rates. Right. That $9 of appreciation is called net unrealized appreciation because it was realized inside the IRA. And so when you go into a brokerage account, you can sell it at capital gains rate. Okay, that's it for us today. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Show's cover your money or wealth. That fifth IRA mistake would have been not educating your kids about stretch IRA rules. Learn more about all types of IRAs, including the stretch IRA, by downloading our free IRA guide. Find the link in the show notes for today's episode at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. That's also where you can subscribe to the podcast. Or find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Player FM, iHeartRadio, Tune in. If we're not on your favorite podcast app, let me know, will you? Email info at purefinancial.com. Email that address if you have questions as well. Listen next time for more Your Money, Your Wealth presented by Pure Financial Advisors. For your free financial assessment, visit purefinancial.com. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. IRA, 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 IRA. That's a lot of times that I said IRA today. See you next week.